What's up, Atlanta? We are back. Not all of us, unfortunately. ATL Joe is out this week. He's got a sick puppy. If you guys could keep Guinness in your thoughts, we'd really appreciate it. I'm Blake. I'm riding solo, but wait, I'm not. I'm joined by our wonderful producer, Britt. We're ATL United Podcast. This is episode number 19. It's a special release on Wednesday. We're rolling into a big, big match that most of you might not know about, U.S. Open Cup against Charleston Battery, followed up by, obviously, a huge, huge game this weekend against NYCFC and Yankee Stadium, which is still a baseball field. You know, we're going to catch you up on all the news in Atlanta. We're going to catch you up on the past week for Atlanta United, and then we're going to break down these matches that I just talked about. If you guys like the show, don't forget to rate us five stars. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Let's do this thing. Yeah, to all the ATLians, thank you for listening once again. We're so glad you guys decided to join us on this beautiful Wednesday morning in Atlanta, Georgia, or wherever you're listening. Like I said, Joe is out this week. I am uh, blessed to be, hashtag blessed, to be joined by our producer, Britt. I think you might be the only person that is blessed to be with me, but thank you for that. Hey, well, I think Ben would, would say otherwise, but we'll roll on our other producer, Ben, who happens to be married to Britt. So we won't get too much into their relationship, guys. We'll go ahead and tell you guys what's going on in Atlanta this week, because we got some great things going on in the city, not just Charleston and Wednesday in Kennesaw, on Wednesday in Kennesaw, but we also have the Atlanta Moon Ride, which is one of my favorite events around Atlanta, Britt. Have you heard of the Moon Ride before? Uh, no. What's, what is it all about? So the Moon Ride is a six-mile bike ride. It goes all through the city of Atlanta, starts in Piedmont Park. Everyone gets out on their bikes, and the, like they block off the streets. They put crazy lights on their bike. People line the streets. They play music. They're out drinking, having fun. It's a Friday night in Atlanta. But what's really cool about this is there's an entry fee for it, and all the donations go to... Big Bert's or Bert's Big Adventure, which is a local nonprofit that does really cool things for kids in need. So kids that have been diagnosed with a serious disease, kids that, you know, just have a lot of developmental issues, whatever it looks like, they go ahead and let them go on what they call the big adventure. Uh, and it's just a really cool thing, you know, to see kids that have these dreams, like they want to go to Disney World, for example, and who would want to go to Disney World because that's where Orlando City plays, first off, but some kids really want to go to Disney World. Hopefully, they want to go to the one in California, but you know, that's a dream of theirs, and this helps fund it. It's a really cool, it's a really cool nonprofit, and it's a really fun event to just ride your bike around the city. Do you, do you know how to ride a bike, Britt? Um, I, I did learn, yes, okay. and they tell me I'll never forget, so that's good. That is good. It's yeah. like, did you ever get the training wheels off, or how far along the process did you get? Um, ben made me take off the training wheels last week, so, you know, we're just, like, slowly moving, um, but I have cruised on the Beltline quite a few times. Okay. And we used, to, we used to live right over by Piedmont Park, so biking around that whole area is super fun, and being with a big group of people supporting a good cause, I mean, I can't think of anything else, you yeah. know, better to do on a Friday that's night. That's awesome. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, if you guys saw someone out there, uh, you know, with training wheels, 
uh, at some point cruising the bell line, it was probably Britt. <laughs> probably, probably was me, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, what else we got this week is is obviously Atlanta United news. Let's get into it. Uh, Charleston Battery game is Wednesday night in Kennesaw. Tickets are still available. It is the U.S. Open Cup. So to our listeners that aren't super familiar with it, it's a totally separate competition than our normal MLS schedule. It's a totally separate trophy. What's cool about it is any club in the U.S. can actually join this cup. So you get little tiny teams. I know we've mentioned some of them on our podcast before, like Tormenta FC mm-hmm. from Deep South Georgia. Uh, you know, like Charleston Battery, for example, is not a MLS team, and that's who we're facing in this next round. Uh, so it's really cool. Just a lot of like, you know, different divisions within United States and North America all competing for this cup. And it's just straight knockout. So if we lose, we're out. Uh, last year, we got eliminated by Miami in Miami, Ooh. who's not an MLS team. Uh, but this this year we got we got Charleston and Kennesaw and you guys should get up there support the team I know Joe's going to be up there even though he's not in uh, with this podcast today he will be at the game if you guys see him say what up and say that you're thinking about Guinness we also had a ton of players named to the MLS team of the week Brett oh yeah we got Miggy was named Miggy had a really big week actually he was named a player of the week well of their kind of spotlight player yeah. that they do for team of the week yeah and Joseph was named MLS Player of the Week. We have a lot of really good traction as far as MLS coverage. You know, they were loving on some Atlanta United players. This yeah, week. I feel like we get all the accolades. And and part of it is due to the fact that they keep putting this stuff for online voting. And Atlanta United has one of the biggest fan bases. So if there's ever a poll out there that's like, hey, vote Atlanta United, goal of the week. Vote Atlanta United, play of the week. Everyone's just like, da 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 sit at work all day. I think you nailed it on the head when you said... <laughs> If we can vote Tata Martino as best dressed, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think we can win anything. So yeah, if we can, if we can vote Tata, who wears a tracksuit every game. I mean, he does look fly. He looks really good okay. in the tracksuit. But when you compare him to other, you know, coaches in like suit and tie, yeah, you know? yeah, some like of all, of all the coaches, I bet they came out last year and they're wearing their nice pressed, custom fitted suits, and they're just like, wait, this, this guy. <laughs> This guy in the tracksuit won best dress coach. I mean, uh, that's a power of online voting. Yeah, he's yeah. got the swagger. They should reconsider the online voting system if they actually want you know equity out there. Uh, but yeah, we we were, we filled up the MLS team of the week. You know, Britt and I will get in the game a little bit later. Uh, Joseph Martinez, obviously with another hat trick, he goes ahead and breaks the record in his second year of <laughs> even our team's existence. His second year in the league, and he's been hurt a lot too. It only took him 34 games. The closest person to get to the to five hat tricks, which is the record he just broke, it took him 55 games. I mean, it's unbelievable record. I, I think it's crazy, and and you know, all over social media this week, there's there's always haters. Yeah, there's always gonna be haters, but there's a lot of people that are saying, well, how can you call? Joseph, one of the greats in the MLS, you know, he's only been around for a year. You know, a lot of his um, games that he got hat tricks is because we were playing, you know, the other team was playing man down, they right. were PKs. But you know what? Hate all you want. He still reached that goal faster than anyone else in the MLS. And he's, he, he shattered the record. Yeah. It's not even close. <laughs> yeah. It's so, not, not even a competition. I mean, and he has years to prove himself as one of the greats, but you can't deny that he deserved that title i mean yeah and he's just gonna build on it from here he just tied the record so i mean i think from here it's it's the sky's the limit for joseph you know there haven't been a lot of rumors with him leaving at all this summer so we we assume he's gonna stay on the rest of the season he could still get three or four more hat tricks you know 
this season. Yeah. So uh, exciting things. Joseph had a great game. He's really the only one on our team that can finish right now. Yeah. Well, and speaking of, I mean, what's hurting? Injury report. Injury. Injury. Injury report. What is hurting? Things are always hurting on our team, Britt. It is frustrating. Tito Vijaba, yet again, did not make the bench for this game, but good reports on that front. I do have some good news. Tata seems to think he is very probable to make this Charleston game tomorrow. I think it'd be an excellent game to bring him back in just because the competition is going to be a little bit lower, but it's still going to be competitive game. Obviously it's a knockout game. Loser goes home. He's not going to be in the cup anymore. So maybe bringing Tito in, it looks like the rest of our team, and we'll get into this a little bit later in the episode, will probably be, you know, bench players or ATL UTD two players, but I'd love to see Tito back on the field. I miss him, man. I, I think our offense really needs him back. You know, um, obviously we've been having trouble finishing, which we'll talk about. Yeah. But, you know, first off, he is so fast. He's one of the fastest people on our team. And fastest in the MLS, honestly. He's just like, he hits that ball and just takes right down the wing. And, and you know, I want to keep him on our team too. And I'm afraid if, you know, he keeps getting benched and over, you know, I'm afraid he's going to look other places. So Yeah, he's, he's a crucial cog to what Tata wanted to do. It said a lot that we were willing to pay you know tito last year and and let Assad go right you know obviously tata in terms of our wingers thought that tito was the better option uh we'll get inside of tata's head a little bit later as well but tito should be back if he's not back for charleston today then he's definitely going to be back for new york city on saturday perfect which uh to our listeners remember that's that early kickoff 12 30 eastern uh mccann he left the game at halftime he kind of came back said there was some tiredness in that hamstring he had been out with a sore hamstring. He's definitely, in my opinion, going to be out against Charleston Battery, and I think Tata's pretty much confirmed that because we do have a lot of center back options. Question mark on whether he'll make it over the weekend. But you to know. me, you know, it's funny because we were talking about how fast Tito is. The last game, I realized how slow McCann was. I mean, there were several, you know, and I don't know if it was just because he was tired or right, just in general, right. but there were several times where Miggy was going to go make, you know, a cross or he was trying to, you know, and he had no one in front of him in the wing because McCann is just so much slower than him. Yeah, McCann, McCann's speed has always been, you know, at the uh, – how do I say this nicely? It's been at the... Uh, the Irishman level? Yeah, he takes he takes the tortoise approach. And a lot of times the tortoise wins the race. You know, that is what happened in the uh, the story that I read as a child. But McCann, you know, he's he's a tactical player. He, that's, he moved further back in defense this year. He used to play kind of left midfield or even left wing. Now he's playing back as a center back, so he doesn't have to move a lot. I think Tata's probably noticed that, that pace has been dwindling mm-hmm. as he's as he's gotten a little bit older, and I think that mixed with the fact that if you don't have a healthy hamstring, you just can't run at all. No, Hamstrings and you shouldn't. I mean, we do have other people to fill that position, so I want him to get healthy. You know, because the worst thing that could happen is he tears or has like a serious injury with that, and then mm-hmm. he's out for most of the season. Yeah. So. Which uh, the last thing I will hit on, obviously, to our listeners who haven't caught up quite yet, Greg Garza is out. You know, around four to five months with with surgery on his shoulder so guards is definitely out uh but you know we're just gonna have to move on as a team get better i thought ambrose has been playing well but enough with injuries i think we got to talk about what happened against philadelphia crazy game in the bins crazy game saturday night roof open 
sunshine in the bins. It, the sunshine made it hot. It was hot, hot, hot in and the bins. Humid. It was sticky. I was sweating. I don't know. I don't know if the sun sapped the energy out of the crowd, Britt. But I felt like everyone, once they finally got in the stadium and realized it wasn't air conditioned, after they've been baking in the sun, tailgating all day long, was just like, oh, <laughs> like, how do we chant? It, did it was like feel... slow motion chants, like A, <laughs> T, L. It, it did definitely feel like the crowd had eaten some molasses before they got in there. Right? It, <laughs> It, the energy was low, and, and honestly, there were some really exciting things that happened for our side, and I felt like that should have made our momentum and just everything kind yeah. of. So I'm, I'm going to say the same thing about the players, to be honest. I kind of felt like they were eating a little molasses. Yeah, you know? and a couple of them commented on it after the game, the heat. So who knows if we'll see the roof open, you know, moving on when it's 90 degrees outside. I think it's perfect for, you know, a crisp 75-degree night. Sure, or playoff know, season. Playoff season, open that thing up. But I, I'm not sure about June. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Let's talk about the game, Britt. You were there. You, were, you, you got off. Some seats here on like what the sixth row or oh, the yeah. seventh row. Uh, so we had a bird's eye view for well, not a bird's eye, we had a I don't even know what you would call that view. A view, it was a view, <laughs> it was a good view for the most exciting point in the match, in my opinion, which was the double red card. Oh my gosh, it was like he was like, Oh, uh, uh you get a red card, and then red. right, so Joseph's just trying to take the penalty. And and he he sends off he sends off Bedoya and then you know he gets attacked by another Philadelphia player and he pulls out he pulls out a yellow and then he pulls out another red card and that's probably one of the only times we'll ever get to use our red card bumper in the same same episode yeah maybe <laughs> let's so hope a double red card so- Madunjanin and Bedoya are sent off and we still have joseph to take the penalty which he buries for his right. first goal of the game but it was almost like anticlimactic at that point because it was like how do you top the energy from two red cards i mean the crowd went wild and then it was almost like the pk was like an afterthought yeah. <laughs> well when a when a team loses two players that early in the game you know you kind of have to think like we just won it we just won the game right there before he's ever even taken the penalty kick even though it's zero zero they have nine men now for the rest of the game and we have 11 men it's just such a heavy advantage at that point you kind of thought well this is probably going to be like that new england game we won seven nothing like you thought it was going to be a slaughter i hoped it was going to be a slaughter and uh i guess once we get in the game we'll just go ahead and like you know break down what happened after joseph you know knocks in the pk he actually ended up getting another pk uh we let in a goal you know and and cut it to 2-1 at one point uh gressel knocked one off the post at one point in the game just a, a sloppy game. We missed a lot of chances. Miggy did make team of the week, but he had a lot of scoring chances that he either you know shot right at the keeper or shot wide. Uh, our finishing has been poor as a team, except for Joseph. I know. I know you mentioned that earlier. Well, I think in, just in general. I mean, you look how many shots we had on goal. It was close to th- or shots in general. It was close to thirty. You know, that's <laughs> because defenders are taking shots from way outside the box. Yeah. You know, no soaring them over the crowd. Look, I'm I'm glad that we were taking chances, but it really did feel like. It just like everyone wanted to score a goal. That's it. But no one was like kind of setting anyone up is what it really felt like to me. I mean, when we're down or when they're down two men, we shouldn't have to rely on PKs to score our goals. 
I so. totally agree. I totally agree. I was very disappointed by the energy of the team once they went down two men. You know, for people that have played soccer, know the game. It's like you have so much space at that point because they only have nine guys. At any point, you can have an open man. So if you're passing and moving, if you're passing the ball to your teammate, you're making a run, everyone's making runs, you're spreading the ball around, you have a free-flowing form, then there should be plenty of opportunities where we're not having to take desperate shots. And I think what happened is we just kind of thought as a team, the players themselves thought exactly what the fans thought. Double red card, first half, they're like, oh, we won. Right. It's an automatic win. It's an automatic win. And and it ended up being a tough game. And I thought Philadelphia played excellent being down two oh, men. Yeah. I, I think if they had been up, if, you know, if we had played man for man, it would have been a really challenging game for us. And I'm really glad that we weren't put in that position. At the end of the day, three points is three points. And That's I'm not going to complain too much about how we got them. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about the red cards. Um, cause just something in general that I noticed, I mean, obviously I think that the red card was given for, wasn't he fixing his sock? The initial, isn't that he was yeah, like in the he box? Yeah, he was kind of time wasting. That the first one was sketchy. I thought the second red card was warranted hundred percent. I, I do too. But to me, the first one, you know, it could have been a warning. I mean, when you're giving someone a red card, it, you're basically giving their team a death sentence. And so, look, you know, again, it, it benefited us, but I do get concerned when refs just kind of give cards like that because at some point it's not going to be benefiting us. And yeah. so I want us all to be on the same paying field. I mean, I felt like he just shot him in the foot when he did that. And Madungeon, is that his name? Madungeon Mad- was the guy that, that rushed the ref. And, like and I will spit on the guy. <laughs> yeah, I will hit on that. I mean, I totally agree with you, Britt. I think that a red card is a death sentence for a team. Two is, you know, you might as well just go ahead and call the game right then. Right. Like I said, that's what our players thought. I think Philadelphia with 10 men might have might have tied us or beat us, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm glad they went down too because uh, of the way we came out. But I do 100%. I, I commented last episode on, on the ref and how good of a job he did. I do think that refs should adopt this. I know we might say the MLS has given out too many red cards, but I think we've got to hit on the point. If all the players surround the ref, start yelling him, start making contact with him, start pushing him, start, I know, Madungeon and spit, apparently. So who knows if there's a retroactive ban or fine there. That kind of stuff can't happen. And refs in soccer all over the globe for too long have allowed teams to surround them and influence decisions. If you get my face in any other sport, you're gone. Right. And I liked that. I liked the second red card. The first one was obviously kind of sketchy. But if a player runs up, bumps into you, is, is spitting at you, throw him out. Like, yeah. Get out of here. He was really aggressive. You can't be aggressive with the refs. In general, I kind of think only the captain should be able to talk to the ref. That's how you know the game I mean? is supposed to flow. And, you know, it's, it's time-wasting and it's, you know, and honestly... It, it. I, again, I'm glad that we got the three points. That's the only That's, thing I got to say. Put about three it. points in the bank and another three goals for Joseph deserves all the accolades he's getting. He's definitely the best finisher on our team. All this talk about this game, I'm ready to put this game behind us, even though we got the three points, Britt. And in honor of ATL, Joe, I need a beer. beer of the week! Every week, even when Joe's not here, and uh, to our new listeners, our old listeners. This is my first attempt at spiking home a beer uh, with the golden spike of Atlanta United, which Joe gave to me to hold on to this week. And it was a big honor. I got a little bit emotional. Uh, my eyes were just watering, Brit. I wasn't crying. <laughs> but but this, this means a lot. Uh, I've watched Joe do this for, what is this, our 18th episode, our 19th episode. I've watched Joe do this for 18 weeks, and uh, this is my first time getting to spike home 
a beer. This week we have an awesome, awesome beer that I've never tasted anything quite like this. It is a rosé ale from what? What is this brewery, Britt? It's it's a Reformation. Reformation, which is an awesome brewery. I know we featured them before, correct? Yeah, we did. But this is something that I have. I don't know. I'm just excited to break into it. Let all of our listeners know how it tastes. I wish I could let you guys taste it through the airwaves. That technology is not quite out yet. Uh, so if you guys would join me, and Britt, if you'd join me, I'm going to try this. And Joe, if you're listening, I'm doing my best. All right. A-T-L. Blake. I mean, Joe. Oh, man. Look Look how great you did. I did great. It just opened it just automatically. I for definitely you. I definitely splattered a lot less than Joe normally does. Oh yeah, I'm sitting on his side of the table and it's very sticky with beer. I maybe need to wipe this table down. Rose. And wow. this is called uh Alani the Lighthearted. You smell it and it smells exactly like a rose. That's I feel crazy. like a, yeah, I feel like um what's that it's always sunny in Philadelphia episode when they, they come up with a great idea to pour wine into cans. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, have you seen that episode? I have seen that. Episode. Yeah, this is great. This is great. And canned wine's a thing now. They have they have cans for everything. They have like alcoholic, uh, you know, uh, like what are what are we drinking? Lacroix. They have like alcoholic Lacroix now. Have you seen those? I haven't. So it'd be like, like they're sparkling water with alcohol. Anyways, this is not a wine. This is an ale, and this is awesome. You guys check out Reformation. This is a really cool can, a really cool beer. Alani the Lighthearted. They call it a hybrid ale. It's got grape cranberry and hibiscus so what we're tasting i'm guessing from the rose is obviously the grapes that they throw in there not a lot of ales brewed with grapes out there so definitely a bold you know move they're making here it kind of has a red tint to it when you pour it in a glass mm -hmm. if you guys are around and and this is just a great summer beer i could this would be perfect for like a picnic you know like a picnic in piedmont park i think it'd also be really good for someone who isn't super into ipas you know maybe someone who's kind of new to the kind of transitioning from the wine world to the beer world oh, yeah. um really great tailgating beer at 4.7 percent so yeah awesome beer you guys check out reformation brewery this this is a great beer slash wine uh i'm gonna go ahead and and drink this as we uh we break it down let's get into the preview okay preview this week brett we got two games mm -hmm. we got two games this is wednesday we got a game tonight against charleston in kennesaw where last year there was a torrential downpour. The game got delayed by three hours. We ended up winning barely. Hopefully, based on the weather reports I've checked, we're going to get some good weather. Let's talk a little bit about what the U.S. Open Cup is and why it's significant. And uh, I know this is something that, that Joe and I have been talking about in recent weeks, but this is one of what we have is two chances this year to win a competition outright and one of three trophies we can possibly win. So, you know, just a little history on the U.S. Open Cup. You know, this has been around for a very, very long time. This has been around way before the formation of Atlanta United. This has been around since, like, the, you know, the United States has bounced before. This is actually a pre-MLS Cup. So before the MLS was even a thing, the U.S. Open Cup was around. So what this is, like I said earlier, it's any club in, in the United States can enter the competition. The, the further your division is down, the further rounds back you have to start. And so these small town, tiny, you know, semi-professional teams have a chance to, if they keep winning, go up and win the cup. Um, we featured, like I said, Tormenta FC earlier on the show a couple episodes ago. They actually got knocked out by Charleston Battery, who is our opponents this week. Uh, you know, Charleston Battery is a, is a good team. We loaned a lot of players to them. 
in the past year, and we actually loaned some players to him this year. So we have a really good relationship with that club. Uh, moving into tonight, you know, Charleston has not lost a game in a, 11 games, Britt. Wow. That's, that's a lot. That's way more impressive of, you know, a run of form than what Atlanta's on right now. Right. I mean, we've, we have had some ups and downs. Even like you said, the game we won against Philadelphia on Saturday, everyone kind of walked out of the, what did you say? It just like you felt better leaving a draw we had against NYCFC than, than the win. Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of the energy. I don't know if it was the heat. I know we talked about that earlier, but the crowd was kind of flat. You know, I was down in the supporters section for the first half and like the chants were kind of flat. It was hard getting everyone into it. Now we had some exciting moments like the red cards, but the energy was down. I'm just hoping that our team and our players that don't always get that chance in the bins really take advantage of this opportunity tonight in Kennesaw. And I guess that's what I really want to highlight tonight is that we're going up against a good team. This is a team that Super Romario Williams played for all of last year. We loaned him out to Charleston, like I mentioned earlier, and he really made a name for himself. And he made a name for himself enough that Tata was willing to bring him into the team and say, hey, you know what? You've earned a first-team spot with Atlanta United this year. You're not on ATL UTD2. And, and Romario has been our second striker right behind, you know, obviously the record-breaking Joseph. Right. So, like, what do you think in Brit? Do you think that this competition is something that we got to go for? I mean, I think we have to. Well, so there's a couple things I like about the Open Cup. One, to me, it is like the epitome of the American dream, right? Yeah. I love that you can be kind of a really small team in the soccer world and possibly win. I mean, it's a pretty low shot, right? But I, like, love that they have that opportunity. And so, in general, I think it's a really good competition. Um, I'm hoping, like you said earlier, I'm hoping the heat was not the reason that we were so sluggish because this is going to be outside. So exactly, you know, we got to deal with you know, humidity and heat, and so I'm hoping that that's not why we were so sluggish, you know, this last weekend. But you know, something I want to talk about with you is, do you think? Because obviously, we do want to win because it is like a trophy. It's a trophy, right? Yeah, you like know, we want to get trophies in the in the cabinet. So, do you think that our lineup is going to change? to highlight maybe players that don't start quite as often, maybe to get them some, you know, actual game time, you know, um, experience, and maybe save our true starters for Saturday so they're not so fatigued? I, I, I'm right on board with you, Britt. I think that Tata's in some way, in some of his interviews, has already confirmed that. He's talked a lot about a lot of the players that are, you know, been waiting for their chance getting an opportunity with this cup competition so i think it's twofold i think that's why it's important that we go deep in this competition and why i mean when i say we go deep i mean we win a couple rounds yeah even if we don't make it all the way to the final i think we got we got some of the best depth in all of north america definitely the mls yeah well and actually let's talk about so vasquez actually started yeah and and it was like so great to see him well he didn't start sorry but he was subbed in yeah and it was so great to see him on the field i think he starts against charleston and 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 then you know players like what i just talked about super mario i think will probably start Mm -hmm. at striker against his old team okay uh you know Carlton is a guy we've talked about a lot on the podcast. He is one of the hottest prospects in all of the United States youth program. You know, he's playing for our UTD2 team. He has so much potential, so much potential. 
and we haven't really gotten to see him unleashed except for a couple first team games this year so is he more of a writer or a left he can play on either side you know his assist that he got this year to joseph mm-hmm. he was he was crossing it in from the right side right but he's he can also play on the left and cut in similar to how you know even barco would play or how you know at some point i guess he can he can honestly play where miggy plays so he's a very versatile player he could play kind of like right behind the striker or he could play on either wing um but i'm expecting that we see players like uh awo andrew andrew wheeler aminio mm-hmm. coming back in he's gotten some starts i think we'll probably see guys like zizzo i think we'll definitely see miles robinson ambrose i think ambrose 100 percent. i think we'll see the return of our orlando hero con or can <laughs> did Rathacon, we ever figure out can. how to say it no one ever figured it out no. It's okay. Alec, we'll just call you Alec. We we really do love you here on the podcast. We just aren't very good with names. I've never been good with names. I don't know if your name is Con or Can. I don't speak so good. We don't speak very good down here in Georgia. Uh, but no, I think he's going to be back in goal. I think Brad needs a break. Uh, Brad's been a little rusty with his distribution. He's been all right with his saves, but hasn't been making a lot of clutch saves this year. You know, He got nutmegged last game. Yeah, so you know, I think what we're going to get from this game is players that want to prove something. I mentioned earlier that Tito could easily come into the fray here because he's been out for a couple games. Tata might not want to bring him straight back in against one of the toughest teams in the MLS and NYCFC on the road on their tiny field, which we'll talk about later. But I think that, you know, this would be a great game to bring Tito in for even if it's just one half. Let our youth shine. Let that depth that Tata has built shine. I'm excited about this game tonight. If you guys are around, I know Kennesaw's a hall. It's kind of tough to get to. But go support them. I'm I, I, I'm right there with you. I think it's what a great opportunity to get some of these uh, younger players some really meaningful game time. Yeah. And um I mean and, and honestly, I've been really impressed with a lot of these subs, you know. Um Ambrose Robinson, those guys have played really well in my opinion. Um Totally uh, totally right. Ambrose in the last game, he had some really great connections with Miggy, uh, you know, on that wing and I I thought they played really well together and it was really cool to see that interaction, you know, and um he's faster. He's he's so fast. <laughs> That's the thing. And he he has the speed that like he can he can kind of fill in where Garza was playing. And so I think that's exciting to see uh, the development of Ambrose, development of Robinson. You know, we might see some first-team players get in there. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, maybe Nagby or Gressel make an appearance. You know, Kratz has been a super sub this year. But, uh, you know, maybe we could get him some game time. So really excited to see the lineup tonight. I think we'll probably stick with a 3-5-2. Uh, but we'll see what happens. And and we're going to go ahead and, and transition right now, Britt, into, you know, the game over the weekend, which is our main MLS matchup. Not to in any way diminish the importance of the Open Cup that's coming up tonight i think all our listeners are excited about that game you guys obviously if you can try to make it up to kennesaw support the team we really need to go deep in this competition because one it's a chance to win a trophy and two obviously secondary but it's a really good chance for our depth to develop and if you want to see the likes of like carlton vasquez on the field this is the way to do it yeah so NYCFC over the weekend, we got a 12:30 kickoff on Saturday. I know that we'll be a brew house as we always try to be. You guys find a watch party around the city. Nothing like watching goals pour in with your fans and with your friends around you. Uh, Britt, you were up in New York earlier this year, right? I was. 
And I brought all my Atlanta United gear with me. I saw you're trolling them quite a bit, huh? if I remember correctly. I actually went to a Yankees game and brought my Atlanta United scarf and um, maybe did something unsportsmanlike. No, oh, what's that? I draped my Atlanta United scarf over the statue of Babe Ruth. The Babe? The Babe. The legendary Babe? Yeah, who knew he was an Atlanta United fan? He actually does not like nycfc using his field so <laughs> that makes sense that makes sense which we have to talk about every time we talk about playing a game at nycfc they don't have a soccer stadium brit they do not very actually quite the opposite they have a baseball field that everyone hates that they use so now now i'm not going to totally say okay well your team is garbage because they play on a baseball field because they did come earlier in the year to mercedes-benz which their fans would argue is a football stadium but we widen the field and you know well and going off one of your previous points of last week at least their stadium is in the city yankee stadium is a very interesting format and i know you got to see it firsthand and we've seen it how it like looks on tv but that's not enough room for a soccer field is it no it is very small plus uh, there something i was reading was saying that they don't even really want them to adjust the the pitcher's mound very much so it's it's because you know again the yankees really don't like that they're using this field yeah and it's the their mi- season it's the middle of baseball season right i think that's something we have to hit on it's not like this is during the off season of baseball like it is for football mm-hmm. this is like the middle of baseball season <laughs> so who knows yeah so I, what i wanted um you to kind of touch on blake is I, I know in general they say this is one of the hardest fields in the mls is it because of size or can you elaborate on why it's such a hard field to play i think yes i think one is it's well known that this is the smallest field to play on in mls and when you play teams like nycfc that are honestly very skilled players but you don't have any room and you're not used to the surface it just makes things very, very complicated at the back, especially. So for our defense, it's very hard. They have less time to react to attackers pressing up against them. And because they're not necessarily used to the surface, I mean, this is a baseball outfield. They normally keep it a lot longer than a soccer field would be in terms of the grass length, Mm. which obviously you would be like, oh, who cares how long the grass is? Well, it affects the roll of the ball. Right. And and they're not watering it down before the game. So it's kind of a drier pitch out in the outfield. And and it's just, it's, it's tricky because you can run through bumpy sections. It's a multi-sport field and it's not on turf like we have. It's, it's, it's grass. So it's just a very tricky stadium to play at. I think also what can mess with players' heads is just the dimensions of like the stands and how everything shapes up. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you're playing in a baseball outfield. So, you know, sidelines aren't directly flush to the stands. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like there's stands directly behind the goal. So even when you're taking shots on goal, it's like your backdrop has different depths to it. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that when I was, you know, the other thing I was noticing when we were playing there um, last year is I was, in, in general, I don't think Atlanta United is amazing at taking crosses. Very um, true. <laughs> but one thing I did notice is because the field size and maybe the depths or whatever you're, is that I just felt like our crosses were completely overshot last time. Way overshot. Totally agree with you. And and it's weird. Like, think about it, going from playing in Mercedes-Benz where, okay, you got fans to your left, fans to your right. You got a goal in front, goal in behind. And, and it's, you know, it's even rectangular dimensions. To, okay, if I look out to my left, I see my winger. I see, you know, for example, Gressel out on the wing. But after Gressel, all I see is like endless field. 
Yeah, so your debt possession is. Totally and I don't even I don't even know where the line is because it just continues into the baseball field and it goes on and on all the way through their infield, all the way over the pitcher's mound, all the way behind home plate before you see a fence. So it's kind of like when you're playing out on like rec fields, you might pass it out to the wing, but you don't even know if your winger's out of bounds or not. Right. So it's just it's just got a lot of tricky elements to it. It's kind of playgroundish. It's kind of schoolboyish, if you will. Um, so it's a tough stadium to play at. You know, it's not like NYCFC really has a huge advantage. I think their biggest advantage is that they play on it more than anyone else. Yeah. Well, let's let's touch on their players. So let's talk about. I know there's been a, a little bit of drama with. Um, their superstar you want to touch on that yeah david via was benched this past game against orlando city nycfc still won three to nothing but you know he was uh he was a little bit upset he's the captain of their team and uh when you know he emerged from the meeting the pregame meeting uh you know his what reporters would say his countenance quote unquote conveyed anger and disappointment uh, so Patrick Vieira said, you know, he's 36 years old and I have a good relationship with David Villa and, you know, I have to think about the team first. And obviously Patrick Vieira didn't make the worst decision because they won the game three, nothing. And while we're on that, interesting to see if David Villa starts this game. He's arguably one of the best players in the MLS. He, uh, you know, he's really skilled on the ball. He is 36 years old, but he's an outstanding talent. He consistently bangs in goals for them. And let's talk about Vieira, their coach. You know, uh, he said a lot of great things about Atlanta United last time they were in town. He did, yeah. He said our, our fan base. And, and, you know, it was a really – I thought a really great interview considering it was a tie and it was kind of a – you know, a lot of fans were kind of upset. Right. I think both teams, you know, uh, played well. And I, it was nice that he had those great things to say about our fans and our stadium and just kind of the environment that we create. And it is intimidating. But now they're playing on their home field. And, you know, I'm hoping that we – can really take advantage of uh coming off this big win and hopefully we win against you know charleston and just roll that momentum in yeah i agree so let's let's talk about Vieira. i think it's important to hit on the fact that he is in the midst of a bunch of rumors himself you know he he is french he played for arsenal back in the day legend of the game played under legendary French manager Arsene Wenger, and now he is getting linked to, you know, to Nice, which is a French team uh, in, in, you know, the French first division, a very solid team, uh, and, and he's being rumored to, to be taking over as a coach there. I think we have to hit on that. There might be a distraction level there. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think it's good for the league. I think we should always have coaches and players linked to big teams in Europe. Except for Tata. He but can it, just stay. Yeah, it has to distract their players to some extent, knowing that their coach might go. And so, you know, David Villa might be thinking we hit on him earlier. Well, the coach is going, so who is he to bench me? I'm the captain. So we'll see if this carries over into the game at all. Hopefully we can pounce on, uh, you know, a little bit of – a little bit of debate going on in the locker room. I mean, to me, it could kind of go either way. Um, you know, in general, strikers tend to have that Joseph Martinez attitude, right? Where they don't yeah. score, they get angry, they have that kind of, you know, passion built in. Right. So he could come on and also just be, you know, something to reckon with. So we need to watch out for him if he does start because he could be like, hey, I'm never not starting again. 
you know. That's a great point, Britt. He could just come out with a bunch of passion and fury because he got benched the last game. Be like, you know what? I'm going to prove Vieira wrong. I'm about to put in four goals. Uh, hopefully, we don't get that. Yeah, let's uh, let's hope, let's hope that doesn't happen. So let's talk about the last game. We talked about it a little bit. It was a two-two draw. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, they they had a great goal uh, to to you know Ring scored an amazing goal to tie the game. Uh, David Villa, who we just hit on, had a penalty in that game. Mm-hmm. We had two very interesting scores who aren't probably going to feature in this game, Garza and McCann, right. which aren't the aren't the first players you would think, oh, Atlanta United scored two goals. Who scored? And we're like, oh, Garza and McCann. <laughs> like, oh, okay. That's uh, a weird game. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Glad I missed that one. Um, but really, I think th- they're, they're going to come into this game a little bit different than us, Brid, because they are coming off of a U.S. Open Cup midweek match just like us, but they're playing the Red Bulls. Ooh, that's a much harder matchup. Yeah, who who spanked us at home, uh, three to one, and so, you know, going into it, they're gonna face a lot stiffer competition. They're really gonna have to make a tough call of how much they value the Open Cup versus MLS competition. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I remember the last game too. That well, wasn't that the game that Nagby had a goal pulled back from that's, VAR? That's true. That's true. So in general, I mean, tensions were high. It was a big VAR call. And so we'll, we'll see how, how the game goes. I think that you're totally right. I think, you know, if I if I was a coach, to me, the MLS season matters more than the Open Cup. Right. Always, you know what I mean? So if it's between, and I don't know how de- how far their depth goes. You know, obviously we have so many people on the bench that are waiting to play, that are ready to play. But we have such a good starting lineup that there's no place for them. Exactly. I don't know if NYCFC has that depth. So, you know, you're right. They might kind of sacrifice that game in order to be kind of more prepared on Saturday. Yeah, and you know, both teams are on an interesting run run of form. I I think for our listeners, you know, we're still atop the Supporter Shield. I think that's important to remember going into this MLS matchup. But, you know, NYCFC is right there. They're in third place. They only have two points less than us. We're at 29 points off of 14 games played. They're at 27 points off of 14 games played. Right in between us is Sporting Kansas City at 28 points with 14 games played. So it's it's a very close race at the top. And NYCFC is still one of the elite teams in the MLS. Despite being new like us, despite playing on a baseball field, they have a really good team with really good players. And they've been doing really good at home, too. Um, I know they've been kind of struggling overall but um they've been good at home which is great yeah so their their home record this year is six wins zero losses and zero draws man so they have not even had a blip in terms of home record uh not not a loss not even a draw uh whereas our home record has been you know two losses a tie and five wins so you know they're, they're much tougher but our our away form is something we have to hit on We've been playing great on the road this year. We actually, if I had told you, Britt, at the beginning of the season, after last year, that Atlanta United would have a better away record than home record after 14 games in the season, what would you have said? I would have said it's probably going to do as great as their crosses did. (laughs) About about as good as our crosses. I 100% (laughs) agree. I 100% agree. You know, I, I think that the funniest thing about our team this year is that last year we lost pretty much every game on the road yeah and this year we are i feel confident going into road games and we've kind of struggled at some games in the bins which is funny because the environment in the bins i mean that's such an advantage i don't but maybe it's intimidating for them too it might be more pressure or you know i'm not sure what it is but it's weird that our away record has been way better so um but you know what a good matchup 
a great home record and a great away record. So yeah. I think either way, it's going to be a great game. You L- know, a little bit interesting that the MLS decided for you guys listening twelve thirty Eastern on a Saturday. This feels like a primetime game. This is two of the top teams in the MLS. Number one versus number three in the Supporter Shield. It seems like a pretty big match, but you know, a good good kickoff time if you guys want to get some uh, some day pre gaming in. Obviously. Come to Brew House. Um, talk a little bit about the lineup this game. We're gonna we're gonna pass on you know getting into more tactical stuff this week, but really want to talk about you know what we'd probably see this game. I think Tata would rotate back in the first team. I think we'll see Joseph back up front. We'll see the likes of Miggy and our normal first team. The real question is what do we see at center back? I feel like Escobar and LGP and Parky have probably locked that down. Mm-hmm. And so McCann's injury. You know, we talked about Robinson maybe midweek against, you know, Charleston. I think we'll see those guys. And and I think Ambrose has knocked in that that left back spot. So exciting to see what we bring out on Wednesday. Exciting to see what we bring out on Saturday. I'm just excited to get two games in a week, Brett. Yeah, me too. I mean, the more soccer, the better. Plus, World Cup's coming up. So we got... Just a ton of soccer coming up. Yeah, if, weeks. if you're a soccer fan and you're an MLS fan, and especially if you're an Atlanta United fan, it's going to be an awesome couple of months rolling in. Uh, so, guys, that's pretty much it for this week. We are all thinking about Joe's dog, Guinness, and uh, Joe's absence in this episode. But uh, if you guys want to shout out ATL Joe, he is, he is still on Twitter. He's still on Facebook. He's still on our Instagram page. Show him some love. Uh, guys, obviously... Big week for Atlanta United. Get out there, support the team. Go to a watch party on Wednesday night. Go to a watch party on Saturday. Support the team. That's what this is all about. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a way for you guys to connect with your friends, with other ATLians out there that just want to get passionate behind something. So, Britt, thanks for joining us this week. Thanks for having me. In honor of ATL Joe, I'm I'm Blake the Marshman, and this is uh, my my temporary co-host i'm brit this is brit and joe we miss you we'll see you guys next week have an awesome week and uh you know get out there support the team and go go to the moon ride come drink a beer with us at brew house yeah and ride around on your bike with training wheels see you guys next week